0: We need to talk about what just happened. This is Leafs Nation Postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Down low, centering pass for Nugent Hopkins. Shot scores from the left wing side. Leon Seidel got a bit of a break as the shot went off a skate. And caroms to the left wing side and he is there and makes no mistake for his first goal of the season, and the Oilers have restored a one-goal lead.
1: All right, Leafs fall 3-1 to Edmonton, round one of nine. Nick Alberga and Gord Stelick with you. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 5.9 and the fan at the Golden Muzzy Gord Stelick on Twitter. Many thanks to Sam McKee, Tom Young, and Josh Santos for their hard work behind the scenes. Quiet night at Scotiabank Arena, Gord. The telling sign for me in this game, among the other statistics we'll look at, Coming into tonight's game, the Oilers led the NHL in block shots with 70, 18 more tonight against the Maple Leafs.
2: Yeah, they weren't going through. And uh, first, the Leafs got eight count of eight shots in the first period. So said, OK, pour it on the second period. They did not get a shot for six minutes. And the first couple, like I said, were like George Springer, a ground ball, second baseman throwing in the first base. Maybe they were excited about the George Springer signing by the Toronto Blue Jays. We had the three keys to victory, Nick, before the game started. Number three, get lots of shots on Miko Koskinen. He's been a sith. He's been struggling. They're one step away from a Renta a goalie in, in Edmonton right now. And to your point, whether Edmonton blocked it, it was just sloppy play. like Ragged is what Joe Bowen and Jim Ralph called it for both teams. Didn't do it. Second, the bottom guys, the bottom six. You got to get more at it depth-wise. And instead, Jimmy VC basically sets up an own goal that he banks off Jake Muzzin. The Oilers were up for ha- at halfway point in the game. They were up one, nothing with zero scoring chances. Okay. And the other one I just said about the Mike Babcock, you do was better impersonation, but mm-hmm. start on time, start on time. Like they did against Winnipeg the other night, like they did in Ottawa on Saturday. And they really didn't, they weren't horrible at the start, but man, Edmonton, they're ripe, man, they're low. They're lacking confidence, all these things. And so much so the Dave Tippett had them play like a Barry Trotz, Jacques Lemaire, Selkie trophy game. All of a sudden the Edmonton Oilers are a team that's going for the Jennings trophy, the way they played tonight. Cause they had to get back to basics.
1: You're right. And and for those major league trilogy fans out there had like the Joe Boo feel in this game. As soon as that fluke goal went in, I'm like, this is not going to be the night for the Maple Leafs. I thought it was a bit of a chintzy call, like not to blame the officiating. I think it's too easy, but come on. Jake Muzzin takes that penalty. And we talked about it throughout the broadcast tonight. I know Edmonton had been strug- struggling on the power play, but for the majority, notwithstanding Tyson Berry, it's the same PP that led the NHL last year, Gord.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and the officiating was ragged too. Yeah. I, th- I thought they were kind of like, yeah, it was a chintzy, chintzy penalty. And, and uh, uh, But Montreal, we talk about they beat Edmonton twice. That great Edmonton power play was 0 for 10 in two games against the Canadians Had scored two shorthanded goals Montreal had. They were spooked. So tonight you gave him a chance. You gave him a chance to get back and, and get and sort of feel their oats and get that great power play going again. Yeah. Like Jake Muzzin, bad luck that that like was a bad like I understand what Jimmy VC was trying to do, but that's like, you know, you or I having a loaded grenade right now and trying to put it somewhere. That's basically what he did when you, you gotta try to get it in the closest corner. So it goes off Muzzin and then the Chinsey call, I agree with you, and uh, and and they got a fortuitous uh, puck off escape, but you know, like last game against the Winnipeg Jets, the Toronto Maple Leafs had nine scoring chances on one power play. Yeah. And uh, and John Tavares put it in on the ninth chance. I thought they'd have that kind of game tonight. They just weren't. And, and Edmonton, good on them blocking shots, good on Koskinen making saves. Not a brutal goal in, though. Like, it's a brutal goal. The Maple awful. Leafs get one goal by Austin Matthews, and that's kind of like Oh, my goodness. And that's the other part about the Muzzin penalty, Nick, to your point, was that's when the Leafs seemed to get some life and seemed to get momentum. And about 90 seconds later, the Muzzin Chinsy call, and the Leafs really never got that momentum back. Again, that scored still. Like I'm
1: Nick Alberga here on Leafs Nation post game, the Maple Leafs falling 3 uh, 1 to the Edmonton Oilers for their second loss of the season um and uh, obviously a big time story coming in the last couple games was electing to go 11 and 7 I know it was late in the game in the third period but it sort of nipped them in the bud uh you know I felt a bit the fact that you go 11 and 7 Joe Thornton leaves this game and a harmless check from Josh Archibald did not look good did not return to the game and
2: suddenly you're you're stuck 10 and 7 Miko Lettinen stapled to the bench for the most part the guy played five minutes 50 seconds Lettinen Anyway, he, he had one brutal play that just as we're watching. When I say brutal, okay, I'm not. I'm just saying one where he's taking the shot from the point. And you mentioned those block shots. You know, a lot of them are it's got a chance to go through or else it's going to go somewhere safe. But this one was like the guy was right in front of him, yeah. and it was a, uh, a kind of a partial two-on-one coming back the other way. But you know, when you're not playing a lot and you're a young guy and you get thrown out every now and then, that's not the way to do it. So I'm, yeah, it's not why they lost tonight. But uh, I'd prefer goes back to the twelve and six saying that Joe Thornton on a what looked like an innocent bump but not so innocent reaction and you you felt maybe the back uh yeah it couldn't be hard enough for ribs you never know but it yeah. was it, it wasn't a cheap shot it was just kind of a bump against the boards and right away he reacted went to the bench and then and then quickly after that skated in considerable pain to the dressing room so you know Nick Robertson on the weekend and and we'll find out more about Joe Thornton later on. So the realities of uh, injuries are starting to creep in.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because you know, you sort of forget that, especially in these COVID times on a daily basis, we find out something new in this league. You forget that injuries are a part of this game and how you rally after these injuries. I think what sets teams apart and, you know, I hate to be that guy, but you throw in the age of Joe Thornton, Gord. Anybody who's getting older in life understands that it's, you know, it takes longer to recover, you know, even from small ailments. I mean, we're just speculating. We don't know what's up with Joe Thornton. You know, I don't anticipate finding out much after this game, but I think they're going to be very, very careful, clearly, with this situation. And to me, you know, it's it it's Sting Sing, but it's the next man up. You know, I'm talking Barabanov. I'm talking Brooks. Uh, I'm talking maybe Anderson. Like, the next guy needs to step up in this lineup.
2: Oh, oh, sorry, I twisted my neck <laughs> turning over here, yeah, you know whatever Call just Sokolov. That. yeah, all of a sudden, when you get a little bit older, these things go quickly, uh, yeah, i well, we'll wait to hear about joe i, I don't think yeah. they're doing an autopsy on him or anything like that no, they, no, but no, no, but that that and but the other part is this guy played with significant injuries at yeah. now, it was more knee related i mean we, we you know, we saw with Stefan Robida. it was great being in the character guy late in his career, but he'd had like two broken legs. Uh, or broken his leg twice in a short period of time and, and and couldn't get going again. And in Thornton's case, a little different. You, you hate that back thing because it ends up being just a nagging back thing. So we'll wait to hear, but you're right. It's 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 with with older players that tends to go with the territory a little bit more. And, you know, some of these guys, whether we talked about in earlier or Barabanov, you know, you got to play minutes. You got to you got you to you put them in a game and give them a regular shift and see what they're going to do. I mean, if you invested all the scouting and you signed them and you felt they're good enough, uh, you you've uh, th- that's something that right now Sheldon keeps going to great pains to make sure. Joe Thornton, Wayne Simmons, Jason Spezza are all made to feel like they're a big part of the team. And I totally get what he's doing. And I, I totally am on side and agree with what Sheldon's k- keeps doing initially with these guys.
1: Once again, Luke Fox, of sportsnet.ca will drop by later on here in the show and break down this three, one loss at Scotiabank arena for the Maple Leafs. Think again, a positive to grab. And we'll be saying this all season long. You don't have to wait long to get back at it. You get McDavid and company again on Friday night court.
2: Yeah, you do. You do. I, I'm just like, I'm just deflated by, uh, I don't know. I just, I just like, like like I said, if, but no, but McDavid Matthews and all that firepower that if it was a regular season and Edmonton was say, just coming in to Toronto once Mm -hmm. or twice. uh, But a lot of people, that would be the one game they would pick to see. And, you know, and last year, even though it was going around your guy, Morgan Riley, if you're a Leaf fan, uh, that was kind of the fireworks on both sides. And I, I just, uh, we kidded about it, but a change that was made yesterday was the National Hockey League uh, in, instituted new pucks this year and the pucks involve tracking different things and you're able to monitor things and quantify things and there have been complaints about the puck that they they moved differently, they felt differently. I think some of that was to be expected. So they went back to the regular pucks they've used every year and tonight it seemed like you should go back to those pucks with the chips in them from <laughs> before because <laughs> these these pucks and... Toronto Raptors aren't playing at Scotiabank Arena. They're actually playing at home tonight in Tampa Bay. So uh, you're not having, and there's not concerts going on. So, and I know from the few people that are down there, it's freezing down there, freezing down there. So the ice should be good. Yeah, no, that's another excellent point. And again, the Maple Leafs falling
1: uh, 3-1 to Edmonton. I, you know, it's pretty tremendous because I was thinking about this getting prep for this uh, post-game show. You know, I think... Sorry, you, you do prep? A bit, yeah. Okay, I got to start that. That's um, a good idea pretty much, you know, they held McDavid and and settle really, really quiet in this game. Nugent Hopkins. Like, if I were to tell you that in the pregame, that again, McDavid's McDavid. He's going to pick up his points. He got two assists in this game. I think Toronto did an excellent job with those guys. Uh, You know, they surrendered 22 shots on goal. Like, there's a lot to build from this game, a lot of positivity to grab. Now, ultimately, you know the two points are all that matters. But I don't think they're that disappointed with this outcome or this game, at least.
2: No, no, it's not like the game in Ottawa. It's just yeah. like I'm just disappointed. It was there though. Yeah, but well, that's the point. Yeah. You, the Leafs had some momentum. They played well the last two games, and you and like Edmonton, the first period, Nick. This was a team that was lacking things. This this was a team that was fragile, and this is what you got to stomp on them. You you got You got to take advantage of that momentum that the Toronto Maple Leafs had built up the last couple of games and they flat out didn't. So they, in a way, let them off the hook. So a great defensive game by the Edmontoners. But to your point, yes, really good defensive game by the Toronto Maple Leafs. But, you know, you didn't win it. So it's it's not good enough. So you held Connor McDavid in check and Leon Dreisaitl. You know, he doesn't get like an end-to-end goal. He got a kind of a fortuitous bounce to him. But uh, And we keep m- m- mentioning Justin Hall playing really well. Playing really well indeed. But at the end of the day, you lost it. Now, by the way, this is interesting. We just chatted that the empty net goal, Josh Archibald. Okay. And, you know, you you mentioned right away, I still don't buy it. I still don't buy it. Analytics say you're better because the the taboo always has been, oh my goodness, you go go fishing for the empty net goal and you ice it. That is a cardinal sin. Karma, yes. And uh, analytics has changed that. Although I believe he just had one more stride to take. Okay. He just had one more stride to take. So if he'd shot it wide and it was icing with one more stride to go over, that would have looked good if it came back and tied it up that way. But regardless, they went in, and Edmonton gets a much, much, much needed win for them.
1: And that's exactly it. Um, Again, to to take, you know, from this loss, a 3-1 loss to Edmonton. Edmonton came into this game in dire need of two points. Uh, You know, I always wonder about that in the grand spectrum of a season. When teams need a victory badly, they find a way. And I think if anything, another positive I can grab from this game, you're going to play a lot of these games come playoff time. I think the Leafs showed me they can play this style of game and, and be rather effective. I mean, there was nothing out there, Gord. And we're not just talking from a Maple Leafs perspective. Diddle for Edmonton. Like, there was no time and space for any of their big boys. And they have the best player in the world, you know, in a close second maybe in Leon settle. Again, I think Toronto did enough good things from a defensive standpoint. They just got to find a way to generate uh, a bit more offensively. That means getting some traffic in front. And just shooting the puck at the net. You you talked about it all night. I think it was the best point of the night. Get the puck on net. It's Mikko Koskinen. Like, this is not Patrick oh or Lord. Dwayne Rollison from back in the day for that matter. Well, and his,
2: his, his you know? record against the Leafs was 0-3, 0-3-0. Okay, in three starts. 5.05 goals against average. And 8.48 uh, uh, save percentage. Yeah. Just, you know, just just brutal. Now... The other one you mentioned about Friday. Yeah. Okay, here's the analogy I'm going to draw. So we've got a pet gecko, Forrest. It's been around forever. Forrest? Yeah. So I thought I Dump. thought it was dying last night because it got all, you know, Myconons. like, look, whatever. No, but then Lisa mentioned it sheds its skin, right? Today, Forrest looks fabulous. If you want him, <laughs> I'll pass him on Not you. But anyway, any. it looks great. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, what about the Oilers on Friday now? Now that they've shed whatever, great analogy, but I mean, great. these two games against Montreal playing like Dave Tippett said, look, we got to play... Two way hockey, good defensive hockey. So I kidded about it, but really, you know, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisidel, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Tavares were looking like they are going for Selkie Trophy, top defensive forward votes rather than Hart Trophy or Art Ross votes. What about Friday now? What about all of a sudden, hey, you know what? We got our new skin, like Forrest, and the puck drops in Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisidel are the Art Ross Hart Trophy, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisidel, which hopefully means Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Tavares. By the way, John Tavares has played real solid all year. Boy, he was missing tonight. But anyway, that they are that they are there. Like, hey, game on! Top five offensive players. Let's get a five-four win or whatever it may be. I
1: saw a good quote uh, from Austin Matthews following this game. We got to play to win, not to
2: contain two guys. It's telling. Yeah, well, they contained the guys. I don't know why they didn't win. Like you could, st- you, you know, they contained the guys. So winning. The big part of winning is containing those guys. I yeah. think any team says if you're going to hold them to one goal between the two of them, um, that's, that's good. If you're playing the Edmonton orders, but just, in it, yeah, and again, like uh, to, I'm not exaggerating. I'm repeating myself about the Edmonton orders had zero scoring chances at about the 30 minute minute, minute mark, maybe one, maybe one on a power play, but um, they were up one, nothing on basically an own goal. Carly Yamamoto did not get a shot on goal for that, uh, that Jimmy Vc banked off Jake Muzzin's skate. And then, the Leafs just, you know, and and uh, when when you are when you're struggling with the passing, Nick, I don't care what age you are. At some point, you start wiring the puck. Mm-hmm. When the passes aren't just happening because they were controlling the puck to a decent degree in the Edmonton zone, or whatever, but it just wasn't happening. Passes were missing. It was bouncing over. You know what? You 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 change your you change your strategy at that point.
1: The shots 26 to 21 uh, in favor of the Maple Leafs in this game. And again, that'll be the biggest key I think we talk about moving forward to Friday night's rematch here with Edmonton is get some traffic in front. I know Miko Koskinen was pretty solid in this game, but I thought it was pretty easy overall in terms of getting some guys in front there. I think in general, uh, you know, with five power plays as well in this game, Edmonton one for three. We talked about their struggles coming into this game. Toronto 0 for 2, very perimeter-based, I felt, for the Maple Leafs in the power play as well tonight.
2: That's what they're talking about. Yeah. They got to get the order power play going. The leaf power plays killing it. Yeah. You know, don't take a power play against the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Winnipeg jets will tell you that mm-hmm. after Monday and yeah, it, w- it that's more so about the shots. It's just the perimeter, the perimeter, the bounces, you know, you know, early on uh, I thought, and this is part of having the two power play units and you're integrating Joe Thornton, Wayne Simmons, Jason Spatza in them. And I thought everyone was being a little bit too polite. Cause you haven't had a lot. You haven't had a lot of time still to work on the power play. You know, you didn't have exhibition games. You're really not having a ton of practice time. And uh, yeah, and it what's what, what it's been a real strength and a strength for a lot of teams. Like don't take penalties right now is the credo around the National Hockey League most games. And that wasn't the case tonight for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, and
1: again, league-wide, the goaltending has struggled. And we saw this coming to start this season. And maybe it seems to be uh, evening out just a tad over the last couple of games. I thought Freddie Anderson was fine in this game. You mentioned it. First goal, I mean, there's not much you can do. The fortuitous bounce, on the empty netter. And then, again, it was just that type of night. Like, Austin Matthews, uh, I think probably 9-9 out of 100. That doesn't go in. But Miko Koskinen off his angle a bit, and it goes in. And that's a goal scorer's goal, I guess you can call it. Uh, but I think manufacturing offense, I did not expect that from both sides coming into this game. Like, this was a complete reversal of what I expected. I expected a high-flying 7-5 game. Maybe we, we don't give enough credit to Dave Tippett. This team really, really needed two points. I thought Edmonton was was hunkered down defensively, but Toronto's got to find a way to generate more, which again is astounding to say considering all the names on this roster, Gord.
2: Yeah, and to get back to Miko Koskinen, like I, I feel for the guy. He's a better goaltender than perception. And the perception is uh basically when Peter Shirelli, and we talked about this the pregame show, signed him a couple of years ago, and then had he had a terrible game about a week later. Peter Shirelli got fired as the general manager during the game. They were so pissed off. They fired him during the game. Now here we are years later, Koskinen's there and they Mike Smith's on the on the injured list. They got no backup. You know, they they traded, they, they got Troy Grosnick coming over from the Kings, but he's got to take COVID regulations. He's a week away. They're they're basically got a rent-a-goalie almost ready. It could have been a repeat of the Zamboni driver in Toronto. You know, this is a guy you got on the hook and, you, you know, good on him, but you kind of let him off the hook tonight.
1: I want to see an uptick in pressure, no doubt, for the Maple Leafs coming up on Friday night following this 3-1 loss to Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers battle one of nine on this uh really really interesting peculiar season no doubt about that it's Nick Alberga and Gord Stellick just getting started here on the show still to come Luke Fox of sportsnet.ca we'll hear from Sheldon Keefe and uh, hopefully find out more on the status of Joe Thornton who uh, left the game after an innocent check from Josh Archibald of the Oilers in the third period it's Nick Alberga and Gord Stellick at the golden muzzy at Gord Stellick on Twitter this is Leafs Nation post game on Sportsnet 590
0: The Fan. Don't worry, we'll turn the lights off when we leave, but we're not done yet. This is Leafs Nation post game on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network.
1: All right, welcome back to Leafs Nation post game here on Sportsnet 590. The fan programming alert as well coming up in about oh, 45 minutes or so from now. at Sportsnet Tonight with George Rushick and uh, Andy McNamara. I'm sure more on the fallout of uh, George Springer and the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. But here we're breaking down a 3-1 loss against the Edmonton Oilers. The first of nine meetings this season, Gord. Um, another one coming up on Friday. But uh, frustration is probably the word I would use following this Maple Leafs effort.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do a bit of a pivot and come back to it. I just yeah. realized looking in, because uh, we love our Buffalo fans. I do. I, I think Buffalo sports fans are great. I love following the Buffalo Sabres as a kid. So the big news uh, off the ice tonight was the fact the Washington Capitals uh, fined $100,000 as a team. Alexander Ovechkin, Evgeny Kuznetsov, Dmitry Orlov, and Ilya Samsonov, four players, are all now out. Who knows how long because of COVID protocol. Uh, they've all apologized about things. They basically went in a hotel room together to, they didn't have to party, they didn't party crazy, but you're just not supposed to do that. It was a, a blatant violation of of COVID protocol. Guess who they're playing? The Buffalo Sabres on Friday. And then the game on Sunday got moved to 3 p.m., uh, Buffalo and Washington, so the Bills game can be watched later. It was a nice gesture by the NHL and the Capitals fans, so uh, the Buffalo Bills fans uh, got to be loving their they're loving their football team, and their their hockey teams caught a huge break because uh, you got to think they'll certainly be out those big four guys for Washington will be out for one game or maybe both those games. But you play you play two games these these uh, kind of home and home or just two home games, whatever you want to call it. And I uh, I I was impressed how many teams split the second game early that early in the first in the first week. Even the Detroit Red Wings came back, split it. So now the Leafs now. It's not ridiculous pressure on them. But but there's you, pressure, yeah. But you can't lose two at home to the Edmonton Oilers, who yeah. just got killed by the Montreal Canadiens in two and who you let off the hook. So, yeah, you get, the good news is you get a chance to go back at it on Friday. And the not-so-good news is not a deep hole you've dug, but it really is an unnecessary hole you dug in a season, in a season that you wanted to go without significant hiccups. And,
1: again, uh, one of the stories we're uh, documenting and following is Joe Thornton leaving this game in the third period after an innocent hit Uh, from Josh Archibald. We bring in now Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stellick here on Leafs Nation Postgame. Luke, we can start there. Uh, I know Sheldon Keefe spoke a a couple moments ago. We'll play that in its duration a bit later on in the show, but what did he have to say about Thornton?
3: He said he's going to miss some time here with us. Uh, He still needs some imaging and tests done, but did not sound promising. Uh, And those were the words he used after Nick Robertson's injury, uh, and now that's that's four weeks. So uh, it's tough, you know. And, and the fact that they had had started one forward short meant that the lines completely got out of whack and, and they were playing with 10 forwards.
2: Yeah, boy, I guess uh, it, it does not pick on any age. One of the younger guys, the youngest guy, Nick Robertson, once, and now the older guy and, uh, and Joe Thornton, unfortunately, uh, on the injury list. So, yeah, so the game. So Leafs outshoot yeah. Edmonton 8-4. Edmonton plays, I think, half the game. Up one, nothing with zero scoring chances. Second period, the Leafs don't get a shot on goal for seven minutes. I, I kidded about what were they, everyone battling for the Selkie trophy. Was this a Jacques Lemaire, Barry Trotz special or something like, like it, it, it wasn't like the Leafs were horrible. Like they played that one game against Ottawa, but darn this, this Edmonton other team, given what's going on the last couple of games, they were ripe for the taking.
3: Yeah, it was, it was a weird one. Uh both teams you know it was kind of the polar opposite of what you'd expect i mean these are supposed to be two of the highest flying offenses in the whole nhl with some of the the biggest names the marquee forwards and you know there was nothing going at either end for large chunks of the game and even the edmonton oilers they never shot a puck past the goalie five on five they got one goal that was shot by VC off Muzzin's skate. They got the empty netter, and then they got a a funny, funny dry sidle power play goal. Their first power play goal of, of the whole season. Uh, it was a bit of an odd one. Um, and Sheldon Keith had a, a really interesting comment. He said that this was the first game where he really felt that he was in an empty building. That there was a lack of fans. Um, he said it was really quiet. Uh, You know, there there was just no connection amongst the group. He thought they were sluggish, and he used the word disconnected. And I, I think that was a good way to describe it. There was a lot of missed passes. Mitch Marner and Morgan Riley were both talking about how the puck was bobbling. But everything seemed off. It seemed cautious and sloppy at the same time. Um, frankly, it wasn't a pretty hockey game.
1: No, you're right, and that's exactly what I was thinking, even listening to this game and watching it on TV, just the first time, for me at least, where I was like, wow, there's nobody there, there was no enthusiasm, no intensity. How do you manufacture that? I know it's a tough question to answer, but how does a team like the Maple Leafs manufacture that type of intensity? Because, I mean, to be honest, both sides really weren't showing much tonight.
3: No, they weren't, I mean, and that's a challenge, and guys have talked about that. uh, You know, they really do draw intensity from a building. And I was thinking that, you know, when it was, it's a one goal game, even though it wasn't a very exciting game, if the fans were here, the place would be rocking. Um, there, there'd be a little bit more juice and they have to find out within themselves, whether it's talking to each other on the bench, um, you know, whether it's, it's throwing a big hit. I don't know. Um, you know, even, the you know, even the penalties they took were kind of sloppy ones. You know, I know some fans probably thought, The Muzzin one was a cheap call, but but Sheldon, you know, didn't go after the refs at all. He was like, you know what? We had some sloppy penalties. Uh, They didn't take them. We we took them. Uh, You know, you you compare the two holding calls, Mitch Marner's hold versus Darnell Nurse's hold, where he he mugged them on the way to the net there. Uh, It's kind of funny that they're both worth two minutes, but the Leafs didn't deserve the points. And to be frank, the Oilers needed this game more. You know, they they were one and three coming in this game if they go one and four, they're, they're in big trouble. Uh, So I think they, you know, they got ripped pretty hard um, behind closed doors by Tippett about their defensive play. And and there was more urgency, I think on the Oilers part, it's also their, their first road game. So I I think it was kind of good for them to get a bit of a change of scenery uh, bond as a a group, as much as you can uh, with masks on, but uh, you know, kudos to the Oilers. They got the points.
2: Yeah, Luke, you know, a good point. Interesting point, Sheldon Keith made 'cause because Nick and I were talking about like even when uh, Miko Letton and that was the soft goal. And you can just imagine the crowd on him when he makes easy saves after like just that that kind of ebb and flow. I, I, uh, I, I think a lot of ways we're talking about it'd be interesting. Those that are in the bubble between benches when they get a chance, who are the who are the louder teams? And I wonder if that correlates into something without fans. But. The, the I, I'm a little surprised he got more ice time than I thought when I'm looking at the end of the day. Letton got eight minutes and 34 seconds, but uh, I'm not loving the 11 and seven. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm just like particularly when it's a kid who's trying. You know, like you got to see, like Barbana. You got to, you got to dress them and play them, or don't dress them, which they didn't tonight. And same with Letton, in my my opinion, like you know, someone else misses a game and. And, and, and give that person a good run. I mean, uh, the, that's just my opinion. Sheldon Keefe can coach how he wants, but I've never been big on it, and I'm just not big on it when it's uh, somebody who needs some time is just not getting it.
3: Well, especially owing to the fact that a lot of these these lines are getting used to each other. Uh, these D-pairs outside of, I guess, Muzzin and Hall, they, they've had a good run together. But the D-pairs are getting used to each other. Uh, there's a lot of moving pieces, a lot of new faces, and with no exhibition games, you start throwing in eleven and seven, and then you know you have two games where you get an injury. Uh, it really throws a lot of your decisions out of whack, and you know it's a lot for the for the coaching staff to to manage. Try and keep track, make sure people are getting the right amount of ice time, uh, getting in the right situations. It, it makes it more challenging. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but this is this is the the task they're faced with, and. And I wonder what's going to happen with the the rest of the taxi squad because with the the HL not started up yet, uh, these guys have got to get playing because what if there's an injury and all of a sudden of um, Sandy needs to come in and he hasn't played in in two weeks, three weeks um, to say nothing of of not playing all off season or in the bubble. Like uh, it, it's going to present I think some some really interesting lineup choices not just for Leafs but for all these teams trying to balance. Uh, working guys in and keeping guys fresh when, when there's no farm system going.
1: With Luke Fox, of Sportsnet.ca, it's Nick Alberga and Gord Stellick here on Leafs Nation post game, a 3-1 loss here at Scotiabank Arena to the Edmonton Oilers. These two teams will hook up again coming up on Friday night. Uh, same venue. Uh, you, you talk about logical replacements again, Joe Thornton, if you're just tuning in, Injured in this game, uh, likely, again, will not play at least for next game and forward, uh, as we know right now from the post-game thoughts of Sheldon Keefe. Uh, who are some names to look at that could draw in, you know, a Travis Boyd or a Joey Anderson or an Adam Brooks?
3: Yeah, um, I'd say maybe Adam Brooks. Uh, I wonder if Pierre Engvall uh, gets a look. I know that after Robertson got injured, he was called up. He was technically assigned to the to the Marlies, but he got called up to the taxi squad. Uh, Keep was not happy with Hank camp at all, but I wonder if he gets another chance just because, you know, he's had a bit more NHL experience than a Brooks. Um, so it'll, it'll be a, an interesting decision. Um, but, uh, you know, you, even before Thornton's injury in the third period, uh, the line started getting changed and Hyman was up in in Thornton's spot on the top line, and it was interesting to see McKayev get bumped up in the top six on John Tavares's line. That's kind of where he was during the postseason. Um, BC didn't have a great night, obviously, the, the own goal, but he kind of looked a little bit out of sorts. So, and McKayev, you know, he has wheels. Um, It'd be great if he had a little bit more finish, but he, he was flying around the ice, you know, he, he skates well. So, I wonder if, if it's not just calling a guy up, but I wonder if Keith Tinkers with his lines for Friday as well.
2: Yeah, we like uh, Engvall because you can recognize him with the long neck and the great posture when he's out there. But it, it, it's kind of funny because Sheldon Keith had him with the Marlies. Like he he's grown and developed under Sheldon Keith. But there there's there's some tough love there. It's I don't know. It's kind of like the Keith Yandel thing initially in Florida. There's some kind of tough love that that Sheldon Keith and I, I I think it's great is trying to impart on one of his uh, one of his pupils he's had for a few years. So I'm curious uh, when we see him how that how that tough love. Um, it, works or doesn't work
3: yeah he's an interesting case right because they gave him that extension that it seemed like the team was really happy upon his first call up last season uh Keith spoke pretty glowingly about him and angle ability to play center at times move to the wing to kill penalties uh he, he liked how he skated and moved the puck and he's got that long reach um, oh, who was it uh, one of his one of his teammates compared said he looked like a gazelle out there and i just love that analogy because he does have a very distinct skating stance uh, but you know he he was he was kind of hard on him even back in the summer uh when the when the team had the return to play camp keith, keith wasn't high on Angball and and kind of was trying to give him a, a kick in the butt verbally through uh through his meetings with us in the media and, and he did it again um at, at this training camp, so um, he's fallen out of favor a little bit, and you got to think he's going to get another chance here at some point. Um, and hopefully, you know, those words from the coach kind of uh, ring ring with him, and, and he comes and, and, and shows, proves and, and has a better showing.
1: Fair enough, Luke. Uh, thanks so much for this, and we'll talk once again coming up on Friday night, Leafs and Oilers round two.
3: Let's see some goals Friday.
1: <laughs> I know, <laughs> Bore fest, Thanks, bud. <laughs> okay. There you have it. Luke Fox of sportsnet.ca should add as well. Uh, coming up later on of post media, Lance Hornby will stop by. We'll get his perspective on this three, uh, one loss here uh, for the Maple Leafs against the Oilers, this Nick Alberga and Gord Stelik. And again, I, I think it's a fair point when it comes to Pierre Engvall, just he's going to draw in at some point. Yeah. They were disappointed, uh, namely Sheldon Keefe by his uh, mini training camp, whatever, if you even want to call that a training camp, but this is a guy there's a familiarity with him. He's played well in the past. Uh, I think he in my mind he would be the next one to get that shot. And again, if you're just tuning in, Joe Thornton getting injured tonight. Um speculation suggests, you know, an, a rib issue of some sort. We'll see in the coming days, but it, he won't play. I I'll, I'll say it bluntly, he won't play on Friday, which means uh, a roster spot would open up. Wouldn't wouldn't be wouldn't shock me if two opened up because they went with 11 and 7, maybe you go back to the conventional uh, 12 and 6 for Friday.
2: Yeah, and uh I mean, you got Adam Brooks as well and you got yep. a few guys there, I, I, I would, and it's funny, Pierre Engvall. Again, to Luke's point, there's a bit of a mixed message that you, you signed him, you know, you signed him to a new contract, so that means you were big on him. You're giving him a message this way, and then the coach now not letting him play, not being satisfied. And I, I mean, the coach has to be satisfied about yep. that. I, I get that, but I mean, um, a little thing. They said, okay, we got it. You got to get on his ass. You got to whatever. You know, versus because uh, a lot of guys, you got Freddie Goce was on a PTO elsewhere. I think got one with Arizona. And yep. you know, and that's kind of what's gone on with those those marginal guys. So he got treated better than the average marginal guy with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So uh, I got I've got to think. You know, he's he's going to either get in Friday or get in soon. And pardon my French,
1: but sometimes you got to light a fire under somebody's ass. And, uh, you know, I think that could be Pierre Because in the past, he's shown some things in the NHL, right? So I, I have no problem playing motivated players. And we'll see what's up on Friday for your Maple Leafs. But tonight, nothing much doing. A 3-1 loss. Austin Matthews, the lone goal. Some generous assists handed out, I thought, to Mitch Marner and Zach Hyman. But... Sure, they'll take it. Uh, more to break down again. Lance Hordby coming up later on. Don't forget uh, Sportsnet Tonight with George Russick and Andy McNamara coming up as well. And we'll hear next from Sheldon Keefe, among others. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stellick here on Leafs Nation Post Game on Sportsnet 590
0: The Fan. After a meal like that, you deserve a little dessert. This is Leafs Nation Post Game on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network.
1: All right, welcome back. Leafs fall 3-1 here to the Edmonton Oilers. loss number two on the season. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stellick at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stellick, If you'd like to chime in on this 3-1 loss. Again, the prevailing story on this night. Jumbo Joe Thornton leaving the game in the third period after an innocent hit from Josh Archibald. He's going to be out for a while, according to Sheldon Keefe, who we'll hear from momentarily. But maybe we see uh, Pierre Engvall come back into the lineup.
2: Yeah, and I, I just wanted to double-check it because we were chatting with Luke Fox earlier that the contract they gave him was a two-year contract at $1.25 million per season, okay? And that's more than Joe Thornton, Wayne Simmons, Jason Spezza, Jimmy Vc. I mean, Travis Dermott, it was a take-it-or-leave-it for almost half of that. You know, they're, like as we well know, as it's well-documented, the Leafs are extremely tight to the cap. So that's generous money for a fourth-line, fifth-line player, and that's generous security for a fourth-line, fifth-line player. So it's it's interesting that they gave that to him, and then they take it away in that, you know, they don't want to play him yet. So hopefully this wake-up call or lighting a fire under his butt, like you said, uh, is is productive and positive. Very well said. With that in mind, we'll hear from the
1: head coach via Zoom. Here is Sheldon Keith.
4: Sheldon, um, Austin was just saying he felt like maybe you guys were playing it a bit too safe tonight. Did you feel similarly? Maybe that held you back from uh, really getting going offensively?
5: I mean, if you don't play a little bit safe, against this team, they're going to embarrass you like they did the last time they were in here. Um, so you have to be intelligent that you play, but at the same time, when we had our opportunities to play with the puck. They defended well and we didn't make any plays. We didn't get off the wall. We didn't do anything. So we can talk about however way we wish, but uh, both teams defended well today. Um, they were just a little bit better offensively than we were. And that's the difference. Next up, we'll go to Chris Johnson,
4: Sportsnet. Go ahead, Chris.
2: Given those weapons that they have, Sheldon, can you take some positives then from the defensive effort and, and the amount of chances you gave up?
5: Well, sure. Yeah, I mean, I thought defensively we didn't uh, we didn't really expose ourselves. I thought till the third period, you know, we started to give up some chances when we're really pressing. But um, I didn't like that game at all today. Uh, just I thought we were... We're really slow, disjointed, um, didn't, didn't play with enough pace, uh, you know, to, to generate any sort of sustained pressure in the offense. Couldn't drop our plays, uh, took some careless penalties ourselves. And, you know, that uh, ends up being the difference in the game. You know, a bad bounce and, uh, you know, a penalty that we, we couldn't kill that caught up with us in the third.
4: Next up, we'll go to Jonas Siegel, the athletic. Go ahead, Jonas. Hey, Sheldon, I'm just wondering if you had an update on uh, Joe?
5: Uh, it looks like he's definitely going to miss some time here with us. Uh, but we don't know the, the extent of it. i he's going to have to get more tests and images and stuff like that uh, later this week.
4: Next, we'll go to Kevin McGran, Toronto Star. Go ahead, Kevin.
1: So, Sheldon, if you could uh, put your finger on maybe what went
4: wrong, what would you be doing differently on Friday night against this same team?
5: Well, we're going to have to look, look at it. Like I said, they defended really well today. They really shut down the neutral zone, made it hard for us to get through there, and, and we turned the puck over a lot and got stalled offensively. Once we got in the zone, um, it was really difficult to get to their net, so we'll have to look at what we can do better there offensively. No, I, I, I don't think – Said I don't think when we had the puck, we, we played uh, played well. I do think you know we, we, you know, you're definitely aware of who you're out there against, and that's a big factor in the game. You have to be but There's no excuse as to why that would affect us offensively the way that it did. We just didn't skate or work offensively enough today.
4: We'll take a couple more. We'll go to Terry Koshan, Toronto Sun. Go ahead, Terry.
5: Hey, Sheldon. I think you used the term careless penalties. Um... But is it tough when you guys play the way you did and you, you kind of put yourselves into position to to have calls like some of the ones that were made tonight? Or how do you see it? I, I'm, I'm talking specifically about the Muzzin call. Uh, so, I mean, I just – I thought, you know, we had a hold, high stick trip. You know, these are careless penalties that the other team is just not taking. Uh, you know, we had uh, we had a couple power plays, I think, and the chance – you know, chance to score on those and didn't. But you know, I thought uh, we took some careless ones there that really, you know, stalled our game. First of all, even more, and then you know, you just you know, a power play like that's going to break uh, break through eventually. And, you know, we gave him too many opportunities. Thanks.
4: All right, and last question here. We'll go to Lance Hornby, Toronto Sun. Go ahead, Lance uh sheldon you talked earlier this morning about uh austin's two-way game do you feel he did uh enough in that area tonight certainly looked like he had takeaways using his body uh scoring the goal do you do you feel he uh you know did his best tonight
5: yeah i, I thought i thought he worked i thought he did uh you know did a pretty good job um but i, I thought i thought all our guys were really disconnected today um you know i thought anything that you know, where Austin had success, just like his goal is very individual. You know, he created the takeaway. He attacked the net. And we didn't do much uh, together with any sort of connection, um, you know, from our zone up to the neutral zone into to the offensive zone. Austin mm-hmm. uh, so made it difficult because they defended well. They pushed us to the wall. So when you don't have proper support and people around the puck, uh, makes it, it makes it real hard. So I thought all of our lines and players today were just disjointed and just didn't have lags in it today a it was a strange game. I mean, um, I don't know how many of you were in the building, but today was the first game to me. It felt like a game with, with no fans uh, in it. It was it was like really quiet, slow pace to begin. The first period was uh, was tough to get through. Just being on the bench, it just felt like one of those nights, and we're just trying to get something going. It didn't feel like we ever really got there.
1: Anytime you hear the word uh, just disjointed, it's probably not good for your team. That's Sheldon Keefe. Uh, but bottom line, you got to find a way to generate some intensity and that goes both ways. I don't know if I saw a body check in this game, not to go back to that old con that tired conversation, but it wasn't real physical. There was a lack of intensity on both sides. Like it felt like a scrimmage, Gord, what we saw in the blue and white game. <laughs> That's right. Only John Tavares is fired up about that game. Yeah. Team white for life.
2: Yeah. He was, he was pumped doing his interview about team whites morning skate and, and, uh, <laughs> Well, and Joe Bo and Jim Ralph, they called it ragged. It was sloppy. It was just a lot of things. And and you're right. But, but also mentally matched it. You know, sometimes teams can really be in the game and the puck's not bouncing and they're just having trouble handling it. But, you know, they're trying so hard or whatever and things aren't just going their way. And this one wasn't, it was, it, it was pond hockey mm. uh, with a bunch of people that uh, seemingly, you know, maybe had had uh, a bite to eat and, and, and an ale before the game or something like that. Instead of, instead of after the uh, regular pond hockey or shinny game, people play like it. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, and, and after how they, they came out on time for both the last two games and gave, you know, really good 60 minute performances. And I just thought, man, we all know what the Oilers are ripe for tonight and let's get on them. And they never did. And they had probably their best when the five minutes left in the second period, but they didn't come out the third, the Montreal, they came out the third period, built off the late in the second period. And then when they scored that goal to even at one, one, they had some momentum, but the Muzzin chintzy penalty call kind of took that out.
1: And again, the good news for the Maple Leafs from their perspective, you got eight more against Edmonton and you get right back to it on Friday against the Edmonton Oilers. Um, One of the lone bright spots, I would say Austin Matthews scoring again, that's always good to see him bulge twine his second of the year. Here's what Austin Matthews had to say post game.
4: Austin, so much firepower on both sides. Why did you think it ended up being kind of more of a defensive game? Uh, I mean, I think both teams just kind of uh, watched the pre-scout maybe, and we're just trying to key in on the on the top guys. I mean, it was a pretty underwhelming game, not much really going on. Um, you know, we really didn't do a, a great job through the neutral zone, and, I mean, we couldn't really get much going. and uh, I mean, not a whole lot of offense in that game, so um, kind of – not really, uh, expected, but, uh, we definitely, uh, got to do a much better job of, uh, creating offense. Talking to Mitch, he was happy with the job you guys did on the McDavid line, uh, defensively, not as much in terms of the offensive zone. How did you see that matchup tonight? Yeah, I think like when we go, when we go through the pre-scout, obviously like we key in on those two guys, uh, they're extremely dangerous of the top players in the world, but, uh, I don't think, uh, you know we can't get away from our game too I mean, you know we we got to go out there and play our game and, and try to produce offense uh we got to play to win not not play to contain two guys so um you know i think we just got to kind of regroup as a team uh do a do a good job on uh you know just watching video and, and learning from uh, some mistakes and then trying to apply some stuff to, to this next game because uh, we got these guys in another day here we'll go to chris johnson sportsnet go ahead chris
2: yeah, Austin. Just following up on that quote to make sure I'm, I don't misunderstand. Are you just thinking you guys maybe didn't attack enough tonight, and you were almost a little bit too safe uh, with with playing those guys defensively? Yeah, exactly.
4: I think we're just too safe. I mean, uh, we got to go out there and make plays, and I mean, we're going to make mistakes. Obviously, uh, you want to try to limit those, especially against uh, those two guys. But I mean, you still got to go out there and play hockey and uh, play to our strengths and, and try to create offense. Uh, play to win, not not uh, play to lose. So. Um, you know, we just got to do a better job of creating offense, getting through the neutral zone. Um, you know, I don't think we forechecking really good enough tonight either. And, uh, you know, we just made it easy on them breaking the puck out.
1: All right. There you have it. The mustached one, Austin Matthews, the lone goal in this frustrating uh, effort for the Maple Leafs three, one, the final for the Edmonton or this is Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic. Uh, again, a programming note Sportsnet tonight is coming up with George Rusick and Andy McNamara, some bum named Nick Alberga will be hopping on, um, at the top with those guys. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Thanks to everybody involved. Again, we'll take our final break and we'll wrap things up after this. The Maple Leafs falling 3-1 here to the Edmonton Oilers. Again, this is Leafs Nation Postgame on Sportsnet 590
0: The Fan. You come down from the high of the game here on the Leafs Nation Postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network.
1: All right, Welcome back. We're about 10 minutes away or so from the start of SportsNet tonight with George Russick and Andy McNamara. No doubt we'll break down this 3-1 loss for the Maple Leafs against the Edmonton Oilers. Some guy named George Springer signed with the Blue Jays. Michael Brantley did not. He's with the Houston Astros re-signing with them. But it's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic wrapping things up. One of five in the NHL Gord on this Wednesday
2: night. Yeah, Raptors lost as well, unfortunately for Toronto sports fans. I, I liked what Austin Matthews had to say. That's just a—it's an interesting way to go about it. And it seemed like, yeah, they were focused on shutting down two players in uh, in Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, which is weird because that's not the Leafs' style of play. And it's like they shut them down pretty well, but then all other facets of their game went to pot. So if that's what it was, and it's relatively simple, and hey, guys, let's just get back to how we played against Winnipeg and Ottawa and come at them and come at them, create offensive chances and, and do all those other kinds of things. So... You know, I, I don't know why they, they'd all of a sudden come out and play, try to play that kind of game, maybe because McDavid was so awesome last year. But uh, yeah, that that definitely, if that was a strategy like McDavid, like uh, Matthew said, it's something they have to change by Friday. All things considered a better night
1: for uh, Morgan Riley, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, let's take a peek at the out-of-town scoreboard before we wrap things up here, Gord. Uh, four other games, as mentioned, all ongoing right now. The Blues up one nothing late in the second on the San Jose Sharks. Braden Shen, the goal from Dunn and Cairo, has the Blues up 1-0. Minnesota up 1-0 after one. Capo Kakinen making his season debut in between the Pipes of the Wild. 1-0 on a shorthanded tally from Ryan Hartman in that one. Elsewhere, Vancouver and Montreal, 0-0, 10 minutes into the start of that one. And uh, the Vegas Golden Knights scored. I know there's not much pub in these parts on that team, but they're really, really good for a team that is uh, pretty young into this league. Alex Petrangelo scoring his first as a Golden Knight it is two nothing for Vegas midway through the first against Arizona.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're just putting on clinics. They'd won their first three games and just in... in and, and that's where you say, okay, the Toronto Maple Leafs should kind of be there. That that's, that's the kind of way they should be going about regular season games with that aura about them, mm. like the never-expansion Vegas Golden Knights <laughs> are doing that way. So good on Vegas. Montreal-Vancouver. Can Montreal do to what Vancouver, what Toronto we thought or could have done to Edmonton tonight, like Vancouver... Boy, Calgary, the one-two punch gives it to them. Montreal went through Edmonton two games, has the momentum. Vancouver, all of a sudden, it starts getting a little precarious if Montreal comes in and beats you twice on top of things.
1: Yeah, the Habs have been a brilliant story, no doubt, to start this season. We thought they'd be better, but they've been really, really good. Alex Romanoff on the back end in his rookie campaign, their goaltending with Carey Price and uh, Jake Allen, and again, the Maple Leafs were fortunate to win that first game of the season the way they did on the Morgan Riley OT winner. To set up Friday, Gord, we'll have Leafs Nation postgame. It's round two of nine between the Leafs and the Oilers. Uh, the second of this two-game mini series. Again, three more still to come in the next week or so between these two sides. The Maple Leafs going up to uh, uh, Edmonton next week. But uh, again, Joe Thornton getting injured in this game. So we we expect a change in the lineup.
2: Yeah, we do. And yeah, they'll be playing Edmonton four out of six games because they'll go for two in Calgary, then two in Edmonton. And uh, uh, okay, if you're Leafs Nation, you do want the Toronto Maple Leafs to win. But let's have an entertaining game. Like I, I, I like, I don't care what the sport is. Be entertaining. And this was a dud tonight. Come on, you got among the most skilled hockey players in the world on both sides. So I'm expecting more of that on Friday. Give me an over too. Uh, I think we really build this game up,
1: and understandably so. It was right here on Sportsnet five nine in the fan, but it was a bit of a snoozer. And I think. You know, I, it echoed the sentiments of Sheldon Keefe. Uh, there was just a lack of intensity. I want to see some intensity on Friday. Maybe a fight, maybe a hit. We'll start there.
2: Well, yeah, a little get a little physical, do yeah. something different. And, you know, as much as Wayne Simmons did not single-handedly turn around that game against Montreal, it was later that things happened. But he went out and tried to do something. He went out and tried to do something, and Ben Sherrod accommodated him by taking the extra minor. So that's exactly to the point. And, you know, Jason Spezza... It, the puck was bouncing, but oh, a glorious uh, chance! And he knew it when it, it would have tied the game early on, or it would have tied the game late, and just all these kinds of things that that happened tonight. It just wasn't that efficient thing like they took on with the Winnipeg Jets. That was this was just a. This was just a clunker from the word go, entertainment wise.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Jason Spetz has, uh, you know, bad dreams galore right now. If it's not waivers, it's uh, it's about that gaping net that he just saw tonight and missed wide, just narrowly wide. Um, and again, among the conversation, we expect Zach Hyman back with uh, the Matthews line, right?
2: I would think so. Guys played well. I think he's yeah. been their most consistent player, Agreed. game in game out. Again tonight, so I I, I could I could see that happening on. On Friday, man, we got to get a better game Friday. That's all. I, I just, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, you know, the 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 ratings are phenomenal in general on on TV, on radio. Everyone's excited that hockey is back, and you know we share that. And there's just been great entertainment, and, and this wasn't one of those tonight. Not just not at all because the Leafs lost. It just wasn't an entertaining game.
1: I'm probably in the minority, but I, I tip my cap to Dave Tippett and the Oilers. Uh, they were in dire need of two points, and it doesn't matter how you win, they they won, right? Yeah, um, well, they sure, found a way. Sure. It, sure. w- it wasn't pretty from their perspective, but they needed the two points. And now it's time for the Maple Leafs to respond on Friday. So uh, make sure you join us for Leafs Nation postgame in that one. Thanks to Sam McKee, Tom Young, Josh Santos for their great work behind the scenes. Uh, that's Gord Stelic. I'm Nick Alberg on Twitter, at the Golden Muzzy, at Gord Stelic. Again, uh, stay tuned for Leafs and Oilers round two. Friday night, we'll have Leafs Nation postgame directly following that one. But for now, stay tuned for Sportsnet Tonight with George Russick and Andy McNamara. Enjoy.